In the light of what's been taking place with the school shootings, corruption in our government, marriages falling apart, teenagers so muted, excommunicated from their parents, parents that is so busy they don't have time for each other, let alone anybody else. Tensions in every area. I just thought I'd bring your attention to one verse in the book of Matthew today, chapter number six. Talk to you today about the world's oldest problem still prevalent and among us today. Allow me to read for you in Matthew 6 and verse 13. Of course, you know this is the Lord's model prayer. He said, when you pray ye therefore, pray ye after this manner in verse number nine. And then he said, Include in that prayer, include some place in your prayer time this thought and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Temptation leads a trail all the way back to paradise. Finds its resting place in the book of Genesis early. And there Eve is confronted with that which we are confronted with on a regular daily basis and that of temptation to do evil. She said, it looks good. She said, I bet it'll taste good. She said, I bet it'll be good for me. And she ate. And as Gomer would say, surprise, surprise, surprise. Lead us, not me. This is not an individual prayer. This is a collective prayer. Jesus is speaking to then the known church of its time, speaking to those 12 disciples that he's taken along by himself and for three chapters in the book of Matthew teaching them discipleship. And he says, I want you to know something. You're going to be confronted with this old, old problem as long as you live. And when she had faced temptation, she failed miserably. 
Thus, herein lies the problem that faces you and me today. Regardless of who you are, where you are, how spiritual you may think you are, the devil is still alive. And he's well. And there are areas in all of our lives we need help to control. Whether it's teenagers, moms and dads, grandfathers or grandmothers. There are certain areas in our life that we need to pray desperately about. And that is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're living in a very evil world. The Bible talks about the whole world lieth in wickedness. You can't watch television, hear a song, or go to town, but yet you experience wickedness in some form. And I don't care who we are today, we all need this prayer. On our lips continually ought to be, lead us not into temptation. My wife and I, we go out to eat. I begin to look at a place easy to escape from when the next idiot wants to shoot somebody. And I try to find a place where at least I can get out, not too worried about wife, but. (laughs) And I always set her in front of the door. Nobody wants to shoot my precious wife. But does those thoughts ever enter your mind? This Me Too movement. We talk about abuse. We talk about all kinds of abuse. And isn't it amazing how it has flourished all of a sudden? And now everybody is guilty. Makes no difference if they're guilty or not. If they're accused, society has already condemned. Deliver us from evil. Protect us from evil. Protect us from false accusations. Protect, protect us from weird thinking people. Protect us from the pits of the damned. Protect us from demonic-inspired individuals who wants to take innocent lives. We live as if this only happens in Santa Fe.
We complain because the doors on the church is locked after the service starts and you can only get in certain doors in the church and there's exterior ushers making sure that no one enters this auditorium and takes advantage and shoots some of us. Men who are willing to jeopardize their lives for yours. You want to gripe because you got to walk around the building and get in a certain door where an idiot or a lunatic can't get in and take innocent lives, take their liberty in our nurseries and hurt innocent children in our children's church. Deliver us from evil. There's certain areas of our lives we all need help to control. I do not have the same problem that you have but I do have my temptations. Some of us may have physical temptations such as eating, sleeping, serving, and restraining. The devil knows your weakness and the devil knows exactly which bell to ring and which string to pull. And yours may be physical. You may graze a lot at Golden Corral because you're on a diet and you can eat all you want off the salad bar. Lettuce is not fattening. It just don't taste good. Some of our temptations may come our way physically and the devil knows what they are. Some of us might have trouble refraining from physical appetites, but God knows what they are and the devil knows what they are. They may be emotional, such as misplaced emotions, misdirected emotions, scarred emotions, scared emotions, whatever it might be, the devil knows exactly where to hit. And some may be spiritual. Folk get burnt out, fatigued, apathetic, and so forth and so on. And the devil knows exactly what through our way. Our problems and our temptations may be domestic, neglect. My wife does that on a regular basis. She neglects me terribly so. The other night she brought me some tea without sugar in it. I thought that was terrible. <laughs> she only took one boot off instead of two. I think that's neglect terribly, terribly so. But now you know where you're tempted and the devil knows what area of your life you're tempted. But I got great news for you. Help is only a prayer away. Amen. Lead me not 
Deliver me from. I'm glad the Lord knows what he's doing, don't you? See, we need deliverance from where we are and for protection from where we're going. You know that, don't you? Yeah, we, some of us, we need deliverance today. Your problem is not a diet. Your problem is you're just tempted to eat. I thought you'd say amen to that. <laughs> your problem not you're sleepy. The problem is you're just lazy. Get up. You say, I need my sleep. Go to bed earlier. Amen. Amen. Lead me not. Deliver me. Notice if you would please. I, I read a verse today. There hath no temptation taken you but such is common to man. Did you know that every temptation that comes down the pike is common? It's common as the day is long. Well, preacher, you don't understand. This was so, so overwhelmed. No, no, you don't understand. There is no temptation taking you such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. It's not that you cannot choose to do differently. It's just you choose to do what you're doing. Because God is faithful, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Everyone is tempted. Everyone is tempted. Every temptation is common. Every temptation can be overcome and God will help us overcome them. The Bible says this in Romans 12 and 21, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. He said in in 2 Peter, the Lord knoweth how to deliver them out of temptation. So, in the light of what is going on, I just, I tell you, I am so tired of watching rerun westerns on the Western Channel. I feel cheated. The other night I went to bed and my wife said, you want me to turn on the Western Channel? I said, yeah, my eyes are hurting, I can't see. I'll just listen because I've heard it so many times I can see what's happening by faith. (laughs) But it's better than Fox News all day long. Lead us not. Deliver us. This is a bad world to raise kids in. It's a bad world to go out in public in. Lord have mercy. I never thought when I was a young man that I'd need to be carrying a gun. 
I pulled it the other day and shot my toe, so now I've left the gun at the house. <laughs> Dangerous world we're living in. Can God deliver us? Does God want to deliver us? How does God deliver us? You want deliverance? You want peace of mind? You want to realize that the world you live in is only about 24 inches in diameter? And all you can control is what's within that 24 inches of diameter. So how does God help us with these temptations that's coming our way? And how does God help us and deliver us from evil? Let me give you a couple of things. Number one, when temptation comes, refuse to be intimidated. Don't allow the devil to bully you. You hear me? You tell that slimy sucker you know somebody more powerful than he. You tell the devil face to face, you're a child of the king. You're a member of God's kingdom. You've got a mansion in glory. And you're just like everybody else. Jesus is on your side. The Bible says this, listen now. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Are you strong in the Lord? Do you know where your faith is founded? Do you know which verse to go to in the Bible to get reassurance? Are you strong in the Lord? If you are not, the devil will intimidate you and the devil will hornswoggle you and the devil will lie to you and the devil will beat you down until you give in to that weird, evil temptation. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. That sounds to me like that life is a battle. That sounds to me like that life is going to be a struggle, if you please. I don't know if mothers 
are conning us or not. But I've heard the screams of childbirth. You say, were you not in the room? No. How many times? All of them. You say, why wasn't you in there? I don't know how to breathe. I get my and wrong. But somebody has told me that there would be pain in childbearing. Struggle, if you please. When life begins, it begins in struggle. When growth takes place, it takes place amid struggle. And at life's end, death consummates struggle. Life is a struggle. So refuse to give in and be intimidated because everybody has been tempted because no temptation is not common. It's just you chose to give in and some chose to cry out, Lord, lead me not, deliver me. The Christian life is a struggle according to the verse we read. It's real. The Bible says may that we be able to stand. The struggle is personal. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh, flesh and blood. Wrestle. Personal. Andrew has his struggles. Sean has his struggles. They both are mine. We all have our struggles. They're personal struggles, wrestling, personal, intimate, constantly a wrestle with temptation that comes our way. Some choose to accept that temptation and some choose to cry out, Lord, deliver me from evil. Struggles are personal struggles are supernatural. They're not against flesh and blood. How do I wrestle against a principality? What's a principality? It's an area of property, an area that is ruled by a prince. Principality. Did not someone say that Satan is the prince and power of the air and of this world? How do you and I who are flesh, who are just an individual, who are weak at our best. How do we wrestle and fight against a principality, against powers above our, uh, our uh, even uh, information and, and uh, wickedness in high places? How do we do that? We do it through prayer. Deliver us, oh God, from evil. Oh, I wish 
I could see what I was saying. The average Christian, may I say today, and I know you're not average, but you're far above it. The average Christian today are completely ignorant of the devil's devices. And the Bible is very plain. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, 2 Corinthians, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Yet, it seems as though Everybody's getting the blame except the devil. Have you heard BUS or BULL or ABC, NBC? Say, look what the devil did in Santa Fe, Texas. We are ignorant. With 66 books in our hand, we are ignorant. Totally ignorant of what's going on about us. There's a war going on between good and evil. There's a battle going on between bad and good. And the Bible says, lest Satan get an advantage of us, We should not be ignorant of his devices. Homes in our church who carry Bibles to church falling apart. And we're blaming each other or the kids or our pet poodle. Having nervous breakdowns over our pet rocks, having little pebbles. <laughs> Gross ignorance. Willful ignorance. Because we are ignorant of his devices, his methodologies, and what's going on. I jotted down just three things about the devil's methods. The first thing the devil wants to do is he is a creature of diversion. Let's blame somebody else. The devil will stand in the shadows while we blame parents and blame kids and blame guns, and blame this, and blame that, and blame shooters, and blame terrorists, and blame abuse, and blame this, and blame this, and he stands in the shadows with a smirk on his face as he does, as he knows we're not smart enough to realize that we have a spiritual problem, it's not a physical problem. And he diverts our attention to Trump and to politics and everything in the world and we go on just like he's not even alive. Amen, Reverend. The first 
method that the devil will use will get you to blame somebody else for your deal. It's my parents' fault. It's my teenager's fault. It's my poodle's fault. Well, kick the sucker. (laughs) Diversion. Could I ask you a question? Has the devil accomplished his dastardly deed by diverting the detention everywhere else except where it ought to be? Diversion, then division. Divide and conquer. Is America divided? Well, it's got to be Trump's fault. If it's not his, it's Obama's. If it's not his, it's got to be Bush. Well, there's two bushes, so it... Division. If he can divide, he can conquer. Is American society divided racially? Is that the blacks or the whites' fault? She's not only divided racially, she's divided religiously and radically. Are there any marriages been diverted and now have become divided? Oh, you say we're still living together in how many rooms? Divided, yes, emotionally. Divided, yes, intimately. Divided, yes, spiritually. Diversion, it's your fault. Mama's fault, somebody else's fault. Couldn't be my fault because I'm perfect. Look at my halo. Have you ever considered one time that it might be the devil's fault? Well, this has gone over kind of like a pregnant pole vaulter, but that's all I got. I can't see anything else. The home is divided. Teenagers can't converse anymore. They know where their power button is on their cell phone. That's about it. Have you ever tried to talk to the average teenager? It's like talking to a rock. Unless you're dressed in a Superman suit. You can't talk to teenagers. Parents. Are you too busy to talk to your kids? You say, well, I can't get them to turn the phone off. Who pays the bill? 
Amen. Wait till he got the earphones real deep in her ear and just yank them. <laughs> They'll talk. Divided. The devil has done a real trick on dividing teens from parents. I must. Can I help you now? He's not only a great individual at diverting us. He will divide us. He will deceive us. He is the father of all liars. He is a liar and the father of it. The Bible said he is transformed into the angel of light. And John the revelator equated to the devil, the deceiver of all the world. How are you going to handle that booger by yourself? How are you doing with handling the weakness that he knows you have and always there knocking at your door? Well, I got to close, but I want to. Here's the common reactions to temptation. You got it? You ready? The common temptations, the common reactions how we react when temptation comes our way. First, the reaction of shock. I can't believe I thought that. Where in the world did that thought come from? I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I hadn't watched anything ugly on television. <gasps> Where did that thought come from? <laughs> See, the devil tries to joke me while I'm preaching. <clears throat> I cannot believe that I had that thought. Or you'll be praying. Father of Rehoboam and Jeroboam and all them born boys. And suddenly a fishing trip will enter in. <laughs> I was talking about the born boys and all of a sudden I'm thinking about bass boats. When temptation first comes our way, most generally, our first reaction is shock. Man, as holy as I am, I shouldn't have thought about that. And our first reaction is alarm or shock. 
The second reaction immediately is frustration. I keep failing in the same area time and time again. The reason being is the devil knows our weakness. He's more familiar with flesh than you are. He can handle all the excerpts on pride that you want to throw at him. And the Bible said all that is in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And it works on your pride to know that you just can't get past this one temptation that keeps nailing you to the ground. The last reaction probably will be discouragement. What's the use? I can't whip it. It's got me. It's bigger than I am. I can't handle it. That's the reason Jesus said, pray ye therefore after this manner. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Oh God, deliver us from evil. I read a verse that says this, they that walk in the spirit shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many folk believe that? I said, how many folk believe that? No, there's no temptation come our way, but such is common unto man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer us to be tempted above that which was able, but will with the temptation make a way. Thank God. Well, that's my sermon by faith. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Don't be bullied. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Probably what you need to do and what I need to do is to refocus our attention. Have you ever noticed something? People who go on a diet is always thinking of food. Wouldn't it be better if you're going to try to get on a diet not to focus on the food you're missing but the goal that is in mind? I I don't know what the temptation, I don't know what the evil might be. But why don't you just try to refocus? Uh, Refocus. Refocus. 
The battle always begins in the mind. Have you ever noticed that? It always begins in the mind. The Bible said, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Whatever gets your attention eventually will get you. Whatever gets your attention will eventually get you. And Satan is the major attention getter. I think he works for Walmart. He knows all about lust and pride. And he's a tremendous artist. And the world's best advertiser. And the world's slickest adversary. He paints that picture pretty, don't he? He's painting pictures for our teenagers right now. Pictures that only he can paint. Pictures of grandeur. Pictures of success. Pictures. And he's advertising well. Is he not? But what he fails to show them that he is lies a roaring rhine, the roaming about seeking whom he may devour. Just refocus. I think maybe if the devil got a chance, he could get us focusing on everything that's going on bad, take our focus off of everything that can be beautiful. And lovely. Amen. Just learn to change channels. Just turn it off. I get up three or four times a night. Something's hurting. My wife used to ask me, what's hurting? It took me too long to explain she lost too much sleep, so now she just sleeps when I get up. And I always turn on the Western Channel. You can't even watch a Western Channel at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's evil. I guess I should just sit there and watch it and say, Now, Lord, deliver me while I watch this. Or I can turn it off. What do you do? What do you do when your friend starts telling you smutty, ugly jokes? Tell you what I do. I told a fellow one time, he come up to me at a fellowship meeting. He said to me, he said, Wolf, have you heard this joke? I said, no, but I won't tell you something. If it's dirty, I'm going to hit you right in the mouth. He said, well, I'm not going to tell you then. What would you say? Refocus. And then ask God for help. Ask God to help you. He says, I know how to deliver the godly out of temptation. He said, call on me in the day of trouble. 
and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Have you ever realized that your rearview mirror is smaller than your windshield? Now, I want you to teach you something. I don't want you to go home plumb empty today. Have you realized that the rearview mirror in your car is smaller than your windshield? Does that say anything to you? Could it say to you that where you're going is more important than where you've been? Why don't you quit majoring on where you've been and start concentrating on where you're going? Huh? Lord, today, deliver me from the evil. But tomorrow, lead me not into temptation. Why? Because thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs>